This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Brown on the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh, the circus game in Boston. Walker for three. Kemba Walker from downtown. Tatum drives down. Let's throw it down. Wow. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward with a corner crash. No block out. Nicole, it's time to shut it down. Shut it down? Shut it completely down. Shut it down. It's time? I think so. So, uh, Nicole and I, you're listening to the Geno Time Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, brought to you by Bet Online. Nicole and I are recording this on a Sunday night. It's our second time recording this first part of the podcast because a lot of news happened since we started recording uh, earlier this uh, this evening. I think it's time to shut down the NBA season. I don't see any conceivable way that it makes sense to keep this going. The, like just this <laughs> this facade that somehow two months from now the you know coronavirus is going to be controlled inside the United States and the NBA is going to be able to keep going. I just don't see it. Okay, so let's break down all of the news that has happened. First, the CDC has highly recommended either canceling or postponing gatherings for over 50 people for the next eight weeks. And to be clear, 50 people, as Zach Lowe pointed out on Twitter, certainly encompasses players, trainers, referees, essential personnel. And this is the CDC. Yes. (laughs) So hard to argue against that. Yep. Um, The G League, according to ESPN, is already canceled. Goodbye. Which, that makes sense. Their regular season goes through the end of March, playoffs into April. There's just no way, given the CDC recommendations, that that was going to happen. Yep. As And again, as people have noted on Twitter, the G League is not a moneymaker for the NBA. In fact, it is the opposite of a moneymaker. And <laughs> the NBA is going to be pinching some pennies because this is going to get expensive. And Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, this is get, like losing games is going to be expensive. And then... Potentially losing games in the 2020-2021 season is going to be expensive. This is uh, this is going to be a lot. Can, uh, continue the laundry list here, Nicole. Okay, so then three. The NBA has sent a memo to teams saying that players can now leave their respective cities during the hiatus. And this is all per Mom. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Mm-hmm. Which, as you correctly pointed out, pretty much, I mean, like the the – Players are expected to check in with their teams. They're expected to self-quarantine. But, I mean, you release, like, you know, however many people to wherever they want to go, I think you could pretty much put self-quarantine off. Like, I think you can write that off. That's probably done. Exactly. 
And that means more people flying and just more people out and about, which obviously is not what has been recommended. Uh, a lot of airport photos in the last couple of days that pretty much pretty conclusively show that hitting up an airport right now is not a good way to self-quarantine. So now players can leave, which I think also goes to show, which leads into number four, that the NBA is looking at, at minimum, a three-month hiatus. Shut it down. I just don't see the logistics of how this could – like, if you just – all right, chop off the NBA season where it is right now, right? If you just say, okay, like – we're really sorry, Milwaukee. We're really sorry, Clippers, Lakers. We know how much this sucks. But, like, if you shut it down right now, the NBA is able to take a big step back. It's able to say, okay, maybe the season can start in October. You know, the draft can go on relatively as normal. There won't probably be fans there, but at least the draft can happen at a similar time. Free agency can happen at a similar time. We've pretty much proven that players don't need to be in a place for free agency. Like, it's, you know... Tampering happens. Tampering doesn't usually happen in person. So you can you, you can get all that stuff in at a pretty normal time and you can take a take a step back and let the cycle of this pandemic unfold and just basically start the 2020 2021 season on time. I think you got to shut it down. But see, Tom, you're forgetting one thing. Money. They love money. Yeah. And they're going to lose a lot of money. They've already probably lost a lot of money. They've definitely already <laughs> lost a lot of money. I, I, well, I think Woj tweeted that like teams are, are starting to assess the exact amount of damage that this is going to do. And it's it's going to be significant. Like This is going to be a lot of money the league is going to lose. And so they need to recoup whatever money they can. Yep. <laughs> I you know, I don't have an argument like against that. Like obviously they are they are gonna need to do that and, and there's gonna be motivation on both sides to do that because obviously the owners the ones who, you know, would love to get the money. The players are also gonna be getting that money through basketball related income. Like they don't want to Correct. give all that up on, you know, the back end when it gets to free agency, which is definitely on its way. Like the free agents, you know, the, the cap is gonna go down and that's going to affect players negatively as well. So I get it. Like, I get why they're trying to do all this. And look, maybe it works. You know, Woj in his story on ESPN said, you know, the possibility of a mid to late June as a best case scenario for the league's return. And again, that would probably be without fans in attendance. So the only revenue you'd be looking at is TV money as opposed to the ticket sales yeah. and concessions and jersey sales at the game and that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I guess I would... Again, I'm not arguing on the money side of things. Like, you're right. They need to try to salvage their money, and they're going to try to salvage their money. But, like, it would just it would be, just be weird. Like, we would be looking at, like, a shell of a playoffs with no fans so, in attendance. Okay. Yeah, all right, yeah. Go, do so let's look at that. If the NBA does come back, it's mm -hmm. going to be, for sure, June. There's no way they're playing any more regular season games. So, really, this is just for playoff teams. Mm-hmm. It's going to be for sure June there. We're going to have probably like a sh very short mini camp and then they're just probably going to get underway seven game series, I assume. But it sounds like they're interested in being experimental. Um, Woj in Woj's story, it says that they're open to different scheduling format venues, television. So 
if there are no fans, it sounds like games could be at the Auerbach Center mm-hmm. or, I don't know, other local arenas, maybe like schools and stuff since none of the students are here anymore. Um, Imagine an NBA playoff game happening at like Cambridge Ringe and Latin. <laughs> well, because it makes sense since they don't need like the b- huge arenas anymore. Which is why I think the Auerbach Center makes the most sense because right. they've got that has everything they need. It's got NBA three point lines. It's got NBA dimensions. It's got a scoreboard like they'd be fine doing it there. So, yeah, I guess that's what we would be looking at. No fans, possibly different arenas. And maybe like a five game series. I kind of, well, so if you're going to do the five game series at that point, you're sacrificing money anyway. Like if you're, if you're, if you're in this, you should just be in it. Like just do it. Like, you know, if you're going to give this a shot, you might as well play the full seven game series. You might as well try to make your money off that. Like, I don't think, you know, five game series is going to cut maybe a day or two off of each series, but like, that's not, that's not enough to make a difference. And if you're already pushing into June, you know, you might as well, or excuse me, if you're already pushing into August, you might as well push into mid-August. Like, there's no real difference between finishing your season on August 10 as opposed to, like, August 21, you know what I mean? Also, I feel like introducing five-game series or things of that nature sort of just makes the asterisk on this year's champion, like, even bigger. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, like, let's not, you know, let's not sugarcoat this. Like, whoever wins the championship this year is going to have that asterisk. And I don't even know that that's fair because anybody who wins a title is still going to have to go through an entire grueling playoffs here but this season is so weird and different and you know unprecedented that yeah I mean (laughs) any number of teams might be like okay we were really hot going into uh you know going into March but then that you know that three months that we had to take off really threw us for a loop and that's why we lost it's not because you know the Bucks were better than us or it's not because you know the Clippers were were better than the Nuggets it's just like it's going to be there's going to be just Every team is going to want to assign an asterisk, however their season ends in this case. So, yeah, it's 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 just going to be really messy. And in three months, could certain players be healthy? Would they then be right. eligible? <laughs> I mean, like, could we see KD and Kyrie on the Nets? That would be spicy. <laughs> It'd be pretty spicy. I would be that that's that's a good argument in favor of pushing this back and still playing just because that would be insanely spicy and what i think is interesting too going back to what you said earlier like if this was sort of inverse like if they had this obviously this wouldn't be the case in a health emergency but just like in a vacuum like if the nba had to take a three-month hiatus as they have before with like lockouts and strikes at the beginning of the season they played 66 games and then had a normal playoffs there I feel like is less of an asterisk but because it's coming in between the regular season and the playoffs it just seems like people will treat the title so differently yeah yeah I agree with that I mean we've had you know it's funny we've had these seasons that have started late uh, and that's been fine obviously we never really had a season that like had it like I I mean I off the top of my head, I assume we've never had a season that had a big break in the middle. And, you know, that just, yeah, it's going to be bizarre. A couple of, like, just basic notes that I wanted to touch on. I am really glad to see that you mentioned briefly the G League season is shut down now and is, is you know, teams are preparing for the poss- for the probability that the G League season is done. I'm really glad to see that G League players are going to be paid through the end of this year. Like, these are guys who gave up 
uh, you know, European opportunities. They they gave up chances to make more money in other places and play in front of more fans and probably have better travel than you know the way that the G League shuttles guys around. So like these are guys who just did that because they were really hoping to have a chance to, to, to be closer to the NBA. And I'm glad to see that they're going to be taken care of. They don't always lead an easy life in the G League, and, and I'm I'm just kind of happy to see that as uh that that basically they'll be as accommodated as possible for sure statements still yet to come on whether td garden employees will receive similar treatment pay the freaking employees guys (laughs) i yeah (laughs) people i've lost a bunch of followers on twitter because i I won't (laughs) stop tweeting about that but like two things one there's nothing else to tweet about guys and two i'm right so yeah (laughs) Um, and then the other note that I wanted to, that I just, I just wanted to bring up is the NBA, um, has extended its ban on teams practicing indefinitely, according to Tim Bontemps. I feel like that's probably, uh, you know, worth noting just, yeah, these guys are going to be scattering. They're going to be in different places and they are not going to be required to be back to practice for a while. So it's good, I guess, that these guys can be around the people that they want to be around during this time, but also, like, you shouldn't be around people. You should be isolating. So, I right. don't know. I have no idea what to make of all that. Um, Bontemps also uh, tweeted that, in addition, the league has recommended that teams consider using temperature checks on everyone entering their facilities. So, you know, that, again, these measures, it's like, okay, that's good, but the symptoms don't always present themselves. So, guys might not have fevers but might still be coronavirus positive so i don't know whatever this uh it's a mess they're doing what they can and you know this uh is so unprecedented that you can't really (laughs) i don't know you can't really judge the actions that a a league is taking as long as they are trying to do something i feel like what percentage of celtics do you think are going to stay in boston (laughs) well uh gordon hayward will um he he's got a house here his family's all here um Let's see. I wouldn't be. I think I, Tice. Tice will probably stay in Boston because the uh, alternative, and you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe Poire, because again, the alternative is going back overseas, which feels like it would be complicated. Um, you know, I would imagine Taco will probably stick around, but yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Like it's, if I was one of them, I would want to be back around family or back around friends or whatever it might be. So. Yeah, well, uh, presumably people's Instagram stories will be telling us soon. Yes, hopefully they'll still be sharing updates. Oh, oh Tatum probably too. I, I feel like it would be, you know, his his family's all up here and, you know, he's got deuce. I don't think he'll probably want to travel too much. I don't know. I feel like during the off season though, all these factors are true and the guys just love L.A. and Miami. For sure, but I, I feel like, you know, I feel like plenty of guys will probably head that way. But, again... Tatum has deuce, and I feel like if I were, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I could see him sticking around. Yeah. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, Nicole and I were talking earlier, and there's a bunch of stories, just a bunch of, like, little anecdotes. We're both around the team. We're both constantly reporting on guys and looking for fun little angles to cover. There's a bunch of little anecdotes that probably won't get used this year. Who knows if the season is even going to start back up again, but once it does, these will all be pretty obsolete. So we want to just kind of share them with you guys, talk about what they meant for the players, little things just from around the team that stood out to us that we wanted to share. So we'll be right back with that after this message.
With no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts and esports is on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, The Elections, The Spelling Bee, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive 50% off welcome bonus your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. We wanted to try to take a little bit of a break from that and hopefully do something kind of fun. Nicole and I are both obviously reporters. We both spend a lot of time around the team. We both have a lot of stories that, you know, just kind of didn't get written about, didn't get talked about during the season. Just a lot of anecdotes that we think are pretty fun that we were hoping to share with you guys. So we're going to take a look at some of those. Um, you know, just various things that never made it into stories, but, but could be fun anyway. So Nicole, I'll get things going. Um, one of the fun ones that I had, I did a big story on Javante green and, uh, how much it meant to him to make an NBA roster because now he's able to be close to his daughters who are in uh, Virginia in the process of, of working on that story. I met quite a few people around Javante and I, uh, just, you know, had a lot of fun conversations. And one of the funniest ones that I, I heard was his uh, college coach, Mike Jones at Radford, um, told me that Javante and his teammates would sort of like, they would invent their own, not language, but sort of their own phrases. They would just kind of come up with stuff that like, like they didn't really make a lot of sense to the coach. Um, but one of the funnier ones that I, I liked was apparently Javante, like after a big play, like if he took a charge or if he blocked a shot, he would look at the guy who he just took a charge or blocked a shot on and say, thought you was, which if you, you know, Javante's a very Southern dude, he's got like, like a bit of an accent, but just like, imagine, you know, you can imagine it like Javante just being like, thought you was every time, like, you know, he swatted a shot away. So that, I thought that was a fun one. I, I enjoyed that from Javante. Javante, I feel like it's full of little funny secrets like that yeah I mean the thing about Javante is that he's he's really funny and a lot of it is like a lot of it is stuff where if you meet him you're like okay yeah that that sounds very much like Javante and it like you know people calling him woo like that just you know it's kind of whatever but like when you meet him it's like oh yeah I can see why people would want to call him woo like he's just he's a very unique guy and the Celtics actually do that like all of his teammates in the locker room call him woo he said that most people call him that yeah, and apparently Wu comes from the noise that he used to make when he was a baby, according to uh, his aunt. Um, apparently, yeah, he, when he was a baby, he would just say Wu all the time, and it just kind of stuck. And it is kind of a great nickname. Like, Wu is a really good nickname. I still call him Javante because I feel like, I don't know, it just is weird if we call him that. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a part of Javante's circle enough to be calling him Wu, but even Javante's agent calls him Wu, which which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, yeah, they're uh, that. that so that one goes around. And then I had one other one from Javante uh, uh, from that story. He he told me one time that in high school, his coach was Bryant Stiff, who, you know, played in the NBA for a while, um, you know, really, really good college player, too. And uh, he, the at one point, Bryant asked the team to name everybody on the 2008 Celtics, who it was in the starting lineup because the Celtics had just won a championship at that point. And Javante said that right away, everyone named Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, KG, 
but nobody could name Rondo or Perkins. And so Bryant Stitt's point was like, yeah, from now on, you guys have to pay attention to the little things. And that was something that Javante kind of, you know, carried with him that, you know, he had to pay attention to the little things. But I did think it was funny that that was an anecdote from Bryant Stiff that then, you know, he ended up playing for the Celtics. And that clearly was an anecdote that stuck with Javante long enough for him to uh, to recount it to a reporter some 10, you know, 12 years later. Full circle. Very much so. All right. What do you got? So. I knew that Taco Fall and Mobamba were friends. So when the Celtics played the Magic in February, I decided to go into uh, the visiting locker room and just see if Mo had any good Taco stories. And Taco is just like a very bad driver. So he got his new truck this season and he dented the truck within 48 hours of getting it. And that came as no surprise to Mo, who says that Taco still owes him some money from when earlier this summer taco visited him in orlando and i guess mo went out of town but they both have a mutual friend um ibrahim who played for ucf as well so they borrowed his car and for some reason ibrahim let taco drive mo's car which is a tesla and taco crashed it less than 15 seconds out of pulling out of the parking lot So 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 wait a minute. Mo Bamba has a Tesla? Mo Bamba has a Tesla. I don't know how he fits in it. Okay, that was my question. Yeah, all right, continue. Um, But yes, Taco crashed it less than 15 seconds out of pulling out of the parking lot. And so Mo is also friends with Jason Tatum via like their Duke connection. So they were talking um, and Mo said that uh, Jason was like, yeah, Taco be getting in fender benders all the time. So apparently, like, if you see a white pickup truck, like, just out of control on the road, (laughs) it's Taco Fall. The thing about Taco, and, like, I was talking to his agent about this. He's just, like, he's too big. Like, he's it's so hard. I think it's hard for him to drive because, I mean, it's, like, if you think about, you know, moving your foot from the gas pedal to the brake, like, I mean, I don't know what – I actually don't remember what size shoes the man wears. but 22. 22. Okay, yeah, they're – like I'm a size 10. Like th- those are, those are huge feet. Like, so, I mean, that's one thing. And I, I, I mean, just, you know, it's just, it just it, like, there's all kinds of problems for him with everyday life. Like he can cuss himself on like a door frame. Like he can cuss himself, you know, just, he, he can cuss himself just leaning over because, you know, he's too, he's too tall for like the average room. Like he leads a, mo- a more complicated life than uh, than your average person. I think he leads a more complicated life than the average NBA player even. Oh, 1,000%. Um, and then I asked them both who would win at one-on-one, and obviously they both said that they would win, but I'll let them explain as to why. He said you guys haven't trained yet together, but he's interested in doing that this summer. Absolutely. Um, we share the same trainer. Um, he was there most of pre-draft this year, and I was in Orlando working out okay. stuff, but I'm sure we'll get together this, this summer and do some stuff. He's, his game has come a long way since since last year, honestly. You know, he's more comfortable out there. His post-game looks a lot better. He's, it just looks like he's comfortable in his own skin. 
He says he can still beat you in one-on-one. No, no, not a chance. So I've been up at UCF a bunch of times, and he never wanted to play. So. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think. Danny, no, hell no. <laughs> hell no. He can beat me. Hell And I'm going sure, to make sure it was three dribbles as far as away from the basket as possible. He said you have the edge in three-point shooting. Absolutely. That's it. No. Three-point shooting, instincts, drib- dribbling. <laughs> Who do you think would win? So I think Mo would win because I think he he can stretch Taco out to the three point line, um, and I'm I'm a big believer that a one on one game like being able to stretch the guy out is really important because you can only drive to the rim so many times, especially against a guy who's like you know pretty much your equal. So no, Tom has not listened to that audio, and that's what Taco said was the only thing that Mo could do better <laughs> than him was. He can real hoopers know Nicole, (laughs) but Mo thinks he can do a handful of other things better as well. Yeah. And uh, having watched both of them pretty extensively, I I think I would have to agree with him. Um, I do think it's funny. You mentioned tacos pickup truck. Uh, If you go to the, uh, to the Marcotte Ford, which is the, uh, the company that's tagged in the Instagram photo of him with his truck, he has a white truck in the, in the original Instagram photo he has a black truck in the second one. So I don't know what his situation is. If he-, he had to get a new truck, his agent said. So you can find both pictures of Taco's trucks on uh, on Instagram if you uh, go to Taco's page. It's, it's- Cause like okay. I, was, I was out of town, and I gave my card to my little brother, and he, <laughs> he let Taco drive. <laughs> he let Taco drive, and he said they pulled off. Less than 15 seconds, he's gotten to a wreck. And it's like, it's a smart car. It's a Tesla, so it's, okay. like, it's hard to crash it. Like, it stops, <laughs> but he found a way. Um, so that's a good one. I, uh, my, my, my second one is Carson Edwards. I, d- I did a feature on Carson uh, earlier this year, and I actually included the first anecdote because I, I thought it was, you know, I, I thought it was really, it, it sort of explained a lot about who Carson is and why he, um, you know, cared so much about, you know, getting better as a basketball player when he was young. Um, and it, it was kind of, and it really speaks to his competitive nature too. Like when he was a sophomore in high school, his, he played, uh, he played football and that was really one of the only times that he played football. Like everybody talks about it, you know, how he is an ex football player because he looks like one, but he, he actually didn't play very much. Basketball was, was always kind of his thing in, in high school. And his sophomore year, his coach put him briefly on the JV team just to sort of get him ready for basketball season after the football season. And Carson was so angry about that. Like, he was livid that his coach put him on the JV team, even just briefly, um, to the point when I, I talked to Carson's mom about this, and I asked, okay, was that something that that angered Carson? And I timed it. I looked at the timer on my recorder. She laughed for like 15 straight seconds which is a long time if you think about 15 seconds. She just chuckled and chuckled and chuckled, and then her answer was just, yeah, yep, he was pretty mad. Like, that, that was all she had to say. Um, so Carson's quote in my story was not because, like, he, it really motivated him, not because, oh, it made me want to prepare better. He he said, you know, to, he was basically saying to his coach, like, you did this, now, now everybody that's on varsity, I'm going to kill them regardless. I don't care. Even my brother, his older brother, was on the team. I'm going to kill him too. I'm going to kill everyone that's out here because you think they're better than me. And then, you know, he was he was getting kind of emotional when he was talking to me about it. He's like, I get worked up thinking about it now. My thing was just to make him feel so stupid for not letting me play. 
And I just thought that was an interesting anecdote because Carson Edward had had his high school jersey retired this year. So after all that, he uh, he ended up back in his uh, his hometown getting his high school jersey retired a few years later. So I also wrote a profile on Carson Edwards earlier this season, and he we talked about the same subject, obviously, because clearly it was such a like important, influential moment. In his- like a defining moment, yeah. Yeah, defining. That was what I was looking for. So his quote to me was, it just lit a fire under me to kill everybody, really. I wanted to make our coach look not very smart for doing that. I wanted to kill every player that was on varsity ahead of me. I wanted to kill every player in our district i wanted to kill every person in our state i wanted to kill every person in our country it went all the way down the line which if you take that quote out of context carson edwards i wanted to kill every person in our state i wanted to kill every person in our country it went all the way down the line would be very concerning yeah like that you know fbi watch list type thing <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, yeah concerning but i mean it really did when you when you talk to the people around him like it really did drive him like he became you know, after that, he became obsessive about basketball. Like every, you know, every night he was in the gym, he, he told me that he did not go to a single um, football game at his school for the rest of his time there. Like he did every Friday night, he would isolate himself in the gym. And, you know, obviously he was getting workouts in the morning too, but the Friday thing really was sort of symbolic for him, I think, where he just was like, look, this is, you know, everybody else is out doing stuff. You know, I am going to be the guy that's in the gym because I can picture somebody else who's in the gym who is getting work in right now while I'm, you know, at this football game or I'm out with friends or I'm out at a party or something like that. That's not going to be me. I'm going to outwork everyone. And the fact that he did that, you know, as a result of like the the smallest of slights, like this real, this is not a big deal. Like getting sent down to JV for like a few games to get ready for your varsity season in your sophomore year is not a very big deal, but you know, he, I think that kind of speaks to the mentality that a lot of NBA players have. Like they, they have to take things personally. They have to sort of hype themselves up and that's what he did. Maybe he'll take his G league assignments the same way. I've, I've honestly had that thought. I, 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 you know, (laughs) it's not something that like Carson and I, you know, we, we have a pretty good relationship when we talk, but like, that's not something that I would necessarily feel comfortable bringing up to him at this point. So um, to show a different side of Carson, though, so I asked him about his tattoos earlier this season, and a lot of them have really sweet meanings, as I'll play the audio, and you will be able to tell because I say, aw, after, like, every single one of his explanations. <laughs> um, so he has one love, and he just really likes that phrase about, like, loving everybody regardless. And he actually, I don't know if you noticed, he wore a sweatshirt a couple days that had like a bunch of skeletons on the back and then under each skeleton was like a description and one was like man woman um like gay straight uh like i think different religions like basically trying to get across the message that like we're all the same so i feel like he really i don't know believes that which is obviously like good um and then he has the sign language symbol for I love you he has that on his thigh because his mom would stand outside um when he would go to school on the bus and she would hold that up to him as the bus would drive away um which is again like I think very precious (laughs) and then above that he has I loved you first because every time he says I love you to his mom his mom says I loved you first which is like again just like 
he's all about the love. <laughs> um, he actually told me that he bought like some off an Instagram ad. He bought like a light up sign that said like, love what you do or something <laughs> of an Instagram ad. Um, <laughs> and then the rest of his tattoos are like more religious. Like he has WWJD. God is greater than all highs and lows across. And then he also has like the name of the street that he grew up on. But I thought that the other ones were just really touching. Inside, this is just a cross. It's just a yeah. different looking cross that me and my brother have. We both have a tattoo of this one, a Matthew tattoo. Okay. And then um, outside is the street I grew up on. Okay. The house, the house and like the street I lived on growing up. And then uh, one love. I just like the meaning of one love. Loving everybody regardless of anything from race, gender. Mm -hmm sexuality, anything, religion, like, all one love. And then uh, the hand symbol, uh, sign language of I love you. Mm -hmm. um, when I was little, my mom has always done that to me. Like, even when I was, like, riding the bus, leaving the bus from school, my mom used to always stand outside and do that. And, I, and on the top, it says I loved you first. So every time I tell my mom I love you, she always says I loved you first. Aww. So, yeah. And that's, that's it. Sweet. And then WWJD, what would Jesus do? So yeah, just ignore me saying aw all the time. As Tom knows, I say that a lot. Often it's actually in response to Robert Williams on the Jumbotron because he is just a gem up there. So every, I think, first time out, the Celtics play various Jumbotron um, segments of just like the players answering, I don't know, a variety of like silly questions. And Rob's answers are just like the best. I mean, his are his are consistently the funniest ones. Like it's there. There's never any real, uh, like there's never any real competition. So when when we were going through one of my favorites, um, Nicole and I talked before about like trying to trying to come up with some of these. My 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 absolute favorite. Um, they they did a, a segment asking what the most exciting thing each player did during the summer. And Carson Edwards, uh, you know, his was getting drafted, obviously a huge moment in a young man's life. Uh, Jalen Brown went to Egypt, got a chance to, uh, you know, see a lot of different things and, and, you know, see the world a little bit, which is something that's really important to him. Marcus Smart played for Team USA, obviously a big moment to represent your country, even though, you know, it didn't go as well as they hoped. But, you know, very big moment for, for a guy who really cares about who, who, who really cares about basketball. Rob Williams, the biggest thing that he did during the 2019 summer was he got in a wave pool for the first time. <laughs> and he was really hyped about that wave pool. Like, so good. Like, his face lit up and everything. He's like, I, I got in a wave pool. It was, uh, it was, one of the, it was easily my favorite. Which one, which one was your favorite? And he's just so genuine, so you can really see his face just, like, light up for these responses, and then he delivers it, and it's just like, oh, Rob's so pure. Um, I enjoyed when the Celtics were asked uh, if they think pineapple is a pizza topping. And Rob said, I would say yes a couple years ago. I would definitely agree pineapple is a pizza topping. But now that I'm 21, I don't. <laughs> like he just grew out of pineapple as a pizza topping. Like only children like yeah. Um. Obviously, there's the historic... Uh, What's your favorite holiday movie? And yep. to be fair, I don't think Rob knew that this was going to be played around Christmas time. But <laughs> leading up to Christmas, Celtics were asked what their favorite holiday movie was. And people said like Elf, Last Christmas, The Grinch, you know, the classics. Then Rob goes last and goes, any Michael Myers movie, any Halloween movie. 
listen, the, Halloween is a holiday too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the, the best thing about that one was just like, it was so obvious what they were asking. Like they were asking for your favorite holiday movie. Every single other player gave a, a like a real holiday answer. <laughs> and yeah, just, it was just Robert Williams, just uh, plowing ahead with Halloween. Um, the, the only other one that I had that, that I could, uh, that I could remember was at one point he, he said that they did, you know, who is everybody mistaken for? And, you know, Jason Tatum was mistaken for Drake. Like, you know, guys had a bunch of like pretty good ones, but Rob's was, he sometimes gets mistaken for Cam Reddish. And obviously this is podcast format, so you, you can't really, uh, go look, but if you, if you go look at a picture of Robert Williams and Cam Reddish, they, they look a lot alike. That, that, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> Um, the last one I can think of is when they do the baby picture identification. So they'll show like a baby photo and players have to guess which player it was. And Rob, to his credit, is very good at this exercise. Like weirdly good at it. He's all, yeah, he's, he's, he's like really sees them. If they tracked the like accuracy, he would definitely be up there. But his best line wasn't even like him getting one right. He was like, how did y'all get these pictures? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Just, is just, just a real mystery. Uh, <laughs> he's a gem. He, he's good. He's really good. So the last anecdote that I have that I, 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 I included it in, in a feature about Jalen Brown, but I think it, it's, it's worth sort of breaking out because I don't know that it, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much people uh, kind of got into it, but so when Jalen was a sophomore in high school, um, I think it was his sophomore summer. Uh, I think that's right. He was playing pickup basketball at Georgia Tech against a bunch of Georgia Tech players. Uh, he's obviously from Atlanta, so he he had access to there. And, you know, Georgia Tech, I'm sure, was, was happy to allow one of the best players in the country in. So he actually broke his ankle because somebody intentionally undercut him. Um, he was, and I, I've, I've talked to multiple people who, who say this is the case. Now they're all around Jalen. So I don't know that, you know, it, it might've just all been from him, but he was like, really, he, he says he was really cooking the guy that was guarding him. The guy got mad. Jalen went up for a layup or a dunk and the guy pushed him in midair. Jalen came down and ended up breaking his ankle in two places. Um, before anybody asks, I did ask Jalen who the player was, and he did refuse to tell me, as did uh, his, his longtime trainer, Desmond Eastman. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of crazy that there, you know, that one, like Jalen was already, you know, as, as a sophomore in high school, really young player, was really just cooking somebody who was a Division One player. And two, that the guy broke his ankle, like on purpose, like the guy, like, you know, pushed him in midair on purpose. And that was how Jalen ended up breaking his ankle. Yeah. I don't follow high school or college basketball as much as you do, but I feel like that hasn't really been like broadcast that much. Yeah. Which like, come on guys, I tweeted it out about a hundred times, but the, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it was, it was a huge deal. So Jalen wasn't like a national, national guy at that point. He was definitely on people's radar and he definitely would have been on people's radar, you know, in Georgia. Um, but it was a big deal because what happened was Jalen couldn't get shots up. He couldn't play basketball. He felt very removed from the game. So he just went up to the weight room and just, you know, piled on muscle. And as his, his trainer Desmond told me, 
when he came back, he was just a man among boys because you know how it like when when you're a, a high school kid and you start lifting all of a sudden, like you get big real fast. And that's what happened with Jalen. Like he had all this time to just work on his body and try to improve that way. He did. And you know, that would, that was the result. Like he became, you know, a, a pretty powerful player in addition to all of his athleticism. And, you know, it just kind of, it kind of worked out that way. I think that's, I think that's actually been kind of one of the interesting themes for me this year and the stories that I've, I, I, in the stories that I've worked on, it's really fascinating to me kind of the moment that a, that like sort of changes a guy like for Carson, it was when he, you know, got cut from the team. It was, or not even cut. It was when he got briefly demoted from the team for Jalen. It was when he broke his ankle and, you know, he, he kind of appreciated everything that basketball gave him in kind of a new light. Like, I think a lot of these guys have a moment like that that they can kind of point back to and say, this was a big moment for me. And, and kind of learning about those is interesting to me. For sure. Um, so my last nugget is actually from last season, not this season. So as Tom knows, I am not very um, – I tend to hold back a lot on Twitter. I don't tweet maybe as much as I should or share as many things as much as I should. Um, but Tom is my, like – pseudo social media manager and sort of encourages me to get that stuff out there but i en- encourages that- encourages is a very nice way of saying i berate Demand, you yes um but so i thought about tweeting this last season but i never ended up doing it so anyway over christmas so let me restart so Ball boys used to be able, the Celtics ball boys at least, used to be able to wear whatever sneakers they wanted. Um, When Kyrie was in the team, a lot of them wore Kyrie's, which they said were not from Kyrie. Um, (laughs) But a lot of them liked to wear Kyrie's. They could pick whatever color they, colorway they wanted. Some wore Jordans. And then for Christmas, Marcus Morris actually took down sizes to give all the ball boys um, a new pair of Jordans. Uh, which is a very nice gesture, except the day that he took down the sizes, I guess six ball boys weren't there. (laughs) So they never got them. And then after that, apparently there was like some intra ball boy like jealousy that they had to institute a rule that all the ball boys now have to wear the same sneaker. So you will. I have a picture of the sneakers that they wore last year. They were just like these gray Nikes with like a lime green swoosh. And then this year, too bad that it doesn't look like that we will have games anymore. But they were wearing like a darker green Nike with a white swoosh. But yeah, so they used to be able to wear whatever they wanted. And then Marcus Morris tried to do a nice thing, but then it just went off the rails. Um, Brief moment of Marcus Morris appreciation. I miss that guy. Like he was... Like one, he was a good, like a genuinely good dude. Like if you approached him, if you had anything to ask him, he he would always he try to help you out. He was always really polite and, and and nice to us without without being you know kind of boring. And two, yeah, if you like that guy was a loose cannon, and if you went up to him and asked like, you know, ask him about any controversy, he was he was gonna give you something good. Uh, he, like I, I one time he, he I asked him about Jimmy Butler, you know, kind of taking over the the Timberwolves locker room, and he just kind of go like he he stands there for a second. He's like, yeah, you know, but those guys in Minnesota, they're kind of soft, you know what I mean? And then he just like elbows me and walks away. I was like, I don't know, I miss you, man. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's good. I also wanted to say on the topic of Nicole never tweeting that 
earlier this season you had a like a, a video of Javante Green solving a Rubik's cube, and you opted to instead of the the video of him solving it, you took a photo of Javante with the solved Rubik's cube because you didn't like yourself talking in the background as he solved the Rubik's cube. And now jokes on me because I have a podcast. <laughs> Facts. If you're wondering what other Celtics are doing, Spencer Dinwiddie. Why can't I say his last name? Uh, also, he's not a Celtic, so. No, I'm going to acknowledge that. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you're wondering what other Celtics are doing, Spencer Dinwiddie, who I know is not on the Celtics, just tweeted any NBA players going to YouTube to watch their own highlights due to withdrawals. And Jason Tatum quote tweeted that and said, man, all day. So that appears to be what Jason Tatum is up to. And look, not a single ounce of judgment from the Geno Time podcast about that because that means that he is inside and taking all of the proper precautions, which every single one of you ought to be doing as well. No, for sure. I mean, if anyone has any recommendations for how they're spending their quarantine, please let us know. Um, I built a shelf the other day, Tom. That's awesome. It took like five hours, but I built a shelf for my apartment. Okay, like from a like from a kit or? Yes, I didn't like saw the wood, but okay. I had to like put the pieces together and like follow the instructions and use nails and things. There you go, there you go. Yeah, I uh, I have a lot of home improvement projects that I am planning to do oh, yeah. over the next month. I there yeah, it's very boring to get into all of them, but <laughs> I also will be doing some hammering and I actually will be doing some sawing. So this is oh wow yeah if. Uh, I might have eight fingers at the end of at the end of this, but we'll see how it goes. Um, Brad Wanamaker posted on his Instagram story like the a screenshot of his Instagram feed that said like all caught up, and he was like, "Oh man." <laughs> yeah, that about sums it up. I also have enjoyed everybody tweeting at Netflix to like, yeah, no, we're we're still watching Netflix. Stop, <laughs> like, stop judging. It's the it's a it's a pandemic. So um, it is funny to see. I'm glad that some players are like sort of documenting what they're doing on social media. It brings me some joy. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will be back later this week with another episode. We got a cool guest lined up for Thursday. We're looking forward to that. Um, and we will try to keep this as fresh as possible throughout this uh, shutdown. So appreciate you guys. You can follow Nicole on Twitter at Nicole C. Yang. You can, although as previously established, she never tweets. You can follow me on Twitter at Tom underscore NBA. Nicole, are you going to try to tweet more now that like, because if you don't, if you usually only tweet things from like the locker room, but if you tweet, if, you, if that's all you do, like you're not going to have My anything Twitter's to gonna say. Twitter's going to be dark for like two months. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So follow Nicole and then tweet at her and tell her to tweet more. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tom underscore NBA. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon.
Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services.